Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. And 
it's, it's got to be. It's bound to be a tough conversation, and that's something that you're going to have to, you know, be prepared for, you know, not worried about, because if you go back to God, if you run back to God, you know, he will migrate and, and help you, you know, he will help you migrate, rather, through this situation, you know. And, and I say don't worry because, you know, by this time, you know, even, you know, the, the few years that he's had and he's believing that these are his children, there had to be some level of bonding um, that went on. And, you know, it, it, it's a blow because you love these children as your own. And, you know, to find out that you're not biologically connected, you know, may make a difference to you. But hopefully, you know, with, you know, the love of God in your heart, you know, it, it's something that will, will, will cushion the blow. And we know that, you know... Sometimes I'm going to, you know, say this, you know, sometimes God allows these things to happen so that we run back to him. You know, a lot of times we, we think we don't need God. We don't want God, you know, in, in certain instances. We don't, we don't want to be involved with God. We don't want to put God in this particular area of our life or in that area of our life. And, and God has a way of just kind of rerouting us. Right back to him You know, so we don't know if that's this particular case You know, if that was God's plan in, in all of this But we do know that whether it was your plan or not That running back to God is definitely, definitely the answer Okay, alrighty Well on Tuesday, let's talk about it. Tuesday church folk day up. We had that dear Abby letter, yeah, about the woman who her husband left her over the text. Yes, but you know, as we talked about, you know, as she describes him to be sixty-six, clinically depressed, an alcoholic, a narcissist. A man who uh, would never admit he did anything wrong or that it was his fault and that she was always uh, 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 faced with his clutter, that he would never allow her to touch it. He didn't just did her favor. Did her favor. Because who wants that in their life at 66? The senior citizens. I shouldn't have to be worrying about doing all of this stuff here. I shouldn't have to be worrying about dealing with all of this stuff here. Why, 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 why do I want to deal with this? Only a nut job would welcome this back into her life. He's gone, then let him stay gone. You know, let the other woman have the problem. She just did you a big feat. Well, Wow, Wednesday rolled around and we started off with our girl Vivian and her socially conscious segment. And we talked about the man who uh, ran in the store, took the rack of 
barbecue chips. Yeah, I'm claiming that they were barbecue chips. Uh, barbecue chips ran out the store, left some chips on the ground, and another man picked them up and ate them. And uh, he was arrested. No, not the man. They did not catch the man who stole the rag. They caught the one who picked up the extra little bags that dropped. Yeah, police ain't got nothing else to do. No, they ain't got nothing else to do. But harass the one who ate the one bag of chips. Yeah, can you imagine showing up in the court in the courtroom? Because you ate a bag of chips that fell on the ground. He should have left them bag of chips. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Uh, What else did we talk about? We talked about, you know, (laughs) the negligence, the negligence of our bus drivers and matrons and, you know, how they're just not paying our children enough attention. You know, they left another sleeping child on the bus, and this time the child managed to get out and work her way across a busy street. Thank God she was found by someone and returned home safely. Ah, Thursday. Ah, therapeutic Thursday. Rolled around and all ripped from the headlines. Uh, the game we play where we talk about the crazies and, you know, give it that uh, Christian flashlight on it. Well, we talked about, you know, the, the man who was in a rush going to work and bumped into the individual who was eating their lunch. Yeah, the man was eating his lunch, bumped into him, left his food on the ground did not offer to replace the lunch. Now, you know, that may not be your issue. You know, that may not have been, you know, what you did. But, you know, have you kind of done something and left somebody feeling some kind of way and didn't go back and say, I'm sorry, didn't go back and address the issue did not go back and try to make it right. That's the moral to this story. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't say that we won't, you know, hurt someone or, or, you know, bruise someone, you know, at times in our life. But, you know, we have to go back and we have to make it right. And, and sometimes we don't think about it right away. But the Spirit of the Lord will definitely send us back so that we can address those things. Okay? All righty. Let's make sure we get that done. All right? Well, Freestyle Friday was here. And we had our men. And uh, nice conversation. Nice conversation. We talked about, are you stuck in life? Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. You know, areas at times, area and times in our life where we just might get stuck and we may not even realize it. You know, when you lack motivation, you know, are you stuck in life? And, yeah, most times you are. 
You know, you can't seem to get it together. Why? You might be hanging around with the wrong people. You might be doing the wrong things. You may not be giving God your life. Yeah. And there's no motivation. You know, that lackluster feeling you get. Okay. What about when you can't let go of the past? Oh, yeah. You're stuck in life. Ooh, that was a good conversation. That was a good way to go into the weekend. And uh, I advise you to go back and listen. It was good last week. Last week was a good week. Last week was a good week. Well, last night. Ooh, wait. Talk about being stuck in life. Last night. In the Word Prayer Project room, we talked about the distractions in our life. Yes. Whoa. That was a good and powerful one. Yeah. When God gave that one last night, I was like, ooh, wee. This is good. This is good. This is good. This is good. The prayer request, as always, were powerful, and we had quite a few new listeners. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, if you missed the prayer, distractions in our life, yeah, you better go back and listen. I'm going to tell you something. All those things we do, we can't find a way to pray properly. And I mean properly. I don't want to talk about I pray on a way to pray properly. We don't find our way to Bible study. We don't find our way to church. We don't find our way to to do anything the way we need to do it. I, I'm not talking about I you know I get up every day. That if I have to hear one more person tell me I get up every day and I thank God. I thank God for getting me through uh, you know into another day. That's the easy part. That's the easy part. That's as easy as brushing your teeth. But are you really giving God what he deserves? Have we become so distracted with the things that are important to us that we do not give God the proper, I'm talking about the proper time. And if you can't figure out whether you're giving God the proper time or not, I advise you to go pray about that thing. And I mean really pray. Don't be talking about, no, you know, God, what I did, you looking all up in the air. No, really go before the Lord. Because let me tell you something. If you have the spirit of the Lord, you know good and well whether you've given God the proper amount of time or not. Yeah. You just on some I'll get to it later thing. And I'm going to tell you something. Later ain't promised to none of us. And I'm not talking about just being physically dead. Yeah. Because I tell y'all all the time that sometimes the way we are left emotionally and mentally Death just might be a favor. So, uh, you know, God may have been letting you slide by until that prayer time yesterday, until that topic came up to make you think about what you're doing. And uh, those prayer requests, man, were powerful. Powerful. So we're giving God thanks for our prayer time last night. And uh, not a moment too soon. Uh, today, 
Today is Monday, and we are shaking the Monday morning blues. Oh, yes, we are. We got a special day today. You know, we we uh we got our due time crew, and we have a guest. So let's get to this thing here so we can uh, start this party and uh, go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on and 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 mm, don't go nowhere we'll be right back one in two people in the united states has had a family member that has been incarcerated while this is holding us all back it disproportionately affects black families black people are 50 percent more likely to have a family member that has been incarcerated these are our mothers our fathers our sons our daughters this black history month we are shining a light on the unjust impact that incarceration has had on black families. Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And uh, we are shaking the Monday morning blues. Yes, and we're almost out of this, uh, what do you call it, Black History Month? Yeah, it's almost gone. And we're going to just keep that theme going throughout the year as we salute. So many people and things, you know, in our black history. All right? So, we're going to get our morning started. And giving God thanks for us safely through another weekend. we got a little health tip for the morning, for the beginning of the week. And this morning, we're going to talk about heart disease facts. Yes, I came across this last night, and I thought this was going to be a good one this morning. Well, fact number one about heart disease. Heart disease is also known as cardiovascular disease or coronary heart disease, and it includes illnesses associated with the heart and vessel. Yeah. Number two, fact number two, there are many types of heart diseases, including hypertension, 
which is high blood pressure. Now, that's new to me because I didn't even know that high blood pressure is considered a heart disease. Wow. Coronary heart disease, which is a heart attack, and cerebrovascular disease, a stroke. Now, I didn't know that either. Whoa. So that's two things. I didn't know about heart disease. I didn't even look at this these points yesterday. Normally I look at the first one or two, but I didn't look at anything last night. So again, a heart disease, one heart disease is high blood pressure. Another heart disease is, is a heart attack. And another heart disease is a stroke. Wow. Fact three. One in three U.S. adults has high blood pressure, and men are about 30% less likely than women to have visited a doctor within the past year. So we need to encourage our dads and, you know, grandpas and uncles to go get their blood pressure checked. Go get their blood pressure checked, all right? You could be saving their life. All right. Number four, heart disease fact number four. An estimated 17.9 million people died worldwide from cardiovascular diseases in 2016, representing 31% of all global deaths. So if, if... 17.9 17.9 million people died in 2016. I don't even know what it is now. Because we're taking less care of ourselves now than we did back in 2016. Yeah, especially after sitting around for a whole year and a half. Fact number five. In the U.S., heart disease is the leading cause of death for men, women, and people of most Racial and ethnic groups. Mm. All right. Heart disease fact number six. About 647,000 people, whoa, die from heart disease every year in the United States. That's one in four Americans. Wow. Wow. Heart disease fact number seven, heart attacks occur when oxygen-rich blood is blocked and can't flow to the heart. The section of the heart devoid of oxygen begins to die if the flow isn't restored in a sufficient amount of time. Okay? So that's an explanation of a heart attack. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Heart disease fact number eight. A person who is about to have a heart attack may exhibit these symptoms. Are you ready? Get that pen. Give you a quick minute for this. Just in case. You didn't have your pen. You know, I always tell you to make sure you get your pen. 
PayPal. All right, again, fact number eight, a person who is about to have a heart attack may exhibit these symptoms, pain or discomfort in their chest, arms, shoulder, elbows, jaw, or back. Again, the pain symptom area or the areas of pain or discomfort in the chest, the arms, the shoulder, the elbows, the jaw, or the back. They may experience shortness of breath and nausea or vomiting. All right? Heart disease fact number nine. In the United States, someone has a heart attack every 40 seconds. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Heart disease fact number 10. Heart attacks and strokes can be avoided. 80% of them are preventable by avoiding tobacco use, getting regular physical activity, maintaining a healthy diet, and regularly checking your blood pressure, blood sugar, and blood lipids. All righty. So come on, let's make sure we take care of ourselves by doing those things. And lastly, on average, not smoking, maintaining a healthy weight, and controlling your blood sugar, blood pressure, and cholesterol can add 10 years to a person's lifespan. Wow. 10 years, y'all. So for those who have a desire to live just a little while longer, make sure you maintain a healthy weight, control your blood sugar, your blood pressure, your cholesterol. And you might just live that extra 10 years. All right? Well, I have to tell you, I don't know about y'all, but I definitely learned something this morning. Wow. All right. So this morning, we're not going to be talking the entire you know, time with the D-Time crew because we do have a guest on and she could not be on for the entire hour. But we can always fill in the gap up until she gets here. So I'm not worried about that. So I came across a couple of stories. And based on that, I just decided today we were going to talk about some crimes that included food. Yes, either fast food restaurant or, you know, some craziness. Some craziness regarding food. Because every once in a while we'll get those crazy stories about somebody who went buck wild 
up in a fast food restaurant or whatever the case is. And, you know, I decided, you know what, I think I'm just going to push this thing today. So I wanted to start off with something that was a little less funny, but just kind of weird. Because who does this? So they have actually... Actually, <laughs> and now let me just let me just also say this: all of these stories are not um, necessarily recent stories. They're just stories. Period. Okay, so they may be stories that you may have heard already, but I didn't hear of any of these stories. So, you know, some of you may not have heard of any of these stories either. Well, they have a former Coca-Cola worker who spent eight years in prison. People don't think. People don't think. So you have this Joya Williams, who was 42 at the time, and she was a previous executive administrator over at Coca-Cola. And she was found guilty for stealing documents only available to the top five executives at Coca-Cola. And she took these documents and she was offering them to Pepsi. Now, she has a she had a 31-year-old accomplice who got five years. She got eight years. And at the time of this particular... Uh, article the there was a third person who was still awaiting sentencing now <laughs> the judge uh really really came down on this woman for trying to hand over the secret to coca cola's uh recipe. And they call it industrial espionage. So now that, that helped me understand what industrial espionage was. You know, that's, that's what he called it. And that's what I guess they call it. You know, when you try to take something like that and hand it over to your competitor. And she was actually snagged because there was a person who was actually undercover who, I don't know how they got involved, how this person got involved, but, yeah, this person went undercover, and she tried to sell the um, the recipe. Now, here's what made this really interesting. They say that one of the guys, the, the person who got the five years, was from the Bronx. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She ended up getting him as a an accomplice, and he was going by the name of Dirk. And it was his initial approach to Pepsi, offering this classified information. I'm I'm, I'm sorry to Coca Cola, who was offering the classified information to Pepsi, 
And that's what triggered the FBI investigation, and they got this undercover agent. So here's what makes this funny to me. All right, now I know we have had the best come out of the worst, meaning, you know, we've had the best come out the hood, but it would take somebody from the hood to take down this whole entire operation (laughs) because it was him who ended up flagging the FBI. You know, listen, if you're going to do something, go get somebody with some extra brains because somebody from the hood more than likely ain't going to be your person who's going to get you over the top. No. When I saw they came from the Bronx, I got mad. You are a top. Listen, let's go back a second. So the, the 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 information, the documents that they were trying to pass over to Pepsi was only available to the top five executives over at Coca Cola. And you gonna hang with a punk from the Bronx? Yo, I'm sorry. No, I'm from the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx, and, you know, I'm past the staff, you know, so we all ain't going to be hood, but come on, come on. Did this here? Nah, nah, that was not her best decision. Nah, 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 nah. So what else we talking about here? All right. So talk about hood. Talk about hood. There's this Georgia woman, and this is this is what launched my my restaurant going mad, or or or, or food people going mad. Talk today. So there's this woman in Georgia who was arrested because now she's 50. Now you didn't got to be 50 years old and stupid. Now she's charged with felony aggravated assault and criminal damage to property in the first degree. Because when she went to get her Popeye's meal, she didn't get her biscuit. And because the biscuit was not in the box, she took her car and drove it into the building. Now, I'm sorry, last I checked, car versus brick, that ain't gonna work. You probably would end up getting hurt quicker than you would hurt somebody else. Yeah. Well, one of the employees was almost hit by the car while she was driving the car into the building. And they said that she had been given her biscuit. So she, you was just mad. You were just mad, and you weren't mad at the biscuit being missing. You were mad, period. And you were twisted about something else. You went, your biscuit was missing. You told them the, the, the manager said she had been given the biscuit, and she still decided she was going to hit 
the building with her car. So now you going to jail for a biscuit? No. No, come on, people. Come on. See why I say you can't let people from the hood help you with your plans? You see why? Okay, y'all have to excuse me for a second, please. I'm sorry. You really can't let people from the hood help you make a plan. Because, see, they're not, they don't have all their faculties together when, when the planning process is, is going on. Just like the one who went and, and, and triggered off the FBI. Now, what could you have possibly said that triggered the FBI into this, into this plan? Because clearly, if you made it high enough, going back a minute, clearly if you made it high enough to be one of the top executives, you had a little something about you in your head. So you can you can't hang with the people and, and you can't, can't hang with the hood people can't hang with the hood people can't hang with the hood people. All right. <laughs> so if you plan on robbing anything, make sure you get your food first. Make sure you get your hungry on first. There's a man who they are calling the modern day ham burglar who had robbed. One Wendy's already went back to rob a second Wendy's, and before he went and did the deed, he decided he was going to turn on the grill, make a burger. Listen, he didn't cook the burger, so that to me would flag a previous employer. I'm sorry, because I wouldn't know how to turn on no grill. I'd have worked in a few McDonald's, and I couldn't tell you yet how to turn on a, a grill. So he didn't went in the store. He didn't turn on the grill. He didn't made his burger. Then he goes and takes the safe out the out the building. Now he managed to get past. And through the first robbery, but it was the second time he went to do it. You just stood in there, made this burger, and the security footage picked up all of this. And because you were seen on the footage, people were able to identify you because they sure enough put that out there to the public. And that's how they found out who this modern day. Hair burglar was. You know what? I got more. I got more of of stupid people robbing for food. All right? All right. Okay. Well, this particular dodo out in Florida, he <laughs> he's 55. These ain't no babies. These are no babies. Okay, that's another thing that, that really caught my attention. I'm like, these people have lived 15 minutes. Why are you doing stupid stuff? You're going to jail for stupid stuff. So you have this 55-year-old man in Florida who was known. He was known for going in the restaurant and saying he didn't have any money to pay for food. So when he got to the restaurant this particular day, and what, what, what store was this? This was a this was a popular 
This was a popular restaurant. But when he went to the store, this oh, and IHOP, IHOP. When he went to IHOP this particular night, now here's the thing. He went to this IHOP after midnight. Now, I don't know many IHOPs that are open after midnight, but that's here in New York. This was in Florida. So he goes to IHOP after midnight, and the server asks him, do you have any money? Because, again, he is known for not having any money to pay for the food. So she's like, listen, do you have money? And he says, no, but I'm a cop, and I get to eat for free. So, <laughs> so he shows her some type of badge from the Orlando Police Department and said that he wasn't going to leave the restaurant until they fed him. Well, somebody called 911, and he told her he was going to whip her eight dollar sign dollar signs. And he started walking away and turned around and pulled his pants down and mooned her. So when the cops got there, he was he was still in the store and told them that he knew the police chief and that his retired police officer brothers were, were going to help him. And he was arrested for impersonating a cop and pulling down his pants in the store all for some IHOP food. So all of these people now, for the record, all of these people are not still at large. They were caught, and they are all spending some kind of time in jail. All right? I got a couple more. I got a couple more. I got a couple more. All right. Now, these last two. Now, Ketty, everybody talk about your wings. But, baby... This ain't got nothing. We ain't got nothing to talk about versus these people here. So in Illinois, you have this food service director who works in the area they are considering an impoverished south suburban school. Now, I'm bringing this up for a reason, Okay. They are considering this school an impoverished school, all right, Uh, school district. Now, she's 66. That's what I said. None of these are babies. None of these are babies. So she had this job for more than a decade, and now she's in jail for massive fraud. And they say it began while um, in the height of COVID. During the times when students weren't allowed to physically be in school, but in Illinois, they would let the children or somebody pick up food from the schools. And take the meals home. So somebody was doing an audit. And they accused her of ordering more than 11,000 cases of chicken wings. 
from the school district's food provider and then picking it up in a cargo van. And they said this food was never brought to the school or provided to the students. And they say the money was used to pay for the food. And they cannot figure out to this minute what happened to the chicken wings. They don't know if she took them home. They don't know if she sold them or anything like that. But they found there was a $300,000 deficit that they could not account for when the audit was going on. And they found out that she had all these invoices that she had signed for all of this, all of these chicken wings. But now check this out. This is what I found to be really interesting. She was ordering all these chicken wings, but they don't serve chicken wings to students because the chicken wings have bones. Do you know it never it never crossed my mind that they didn't give children bones in school? Yeah. So when they started doing the digging, they figured they figured out that it was her because they they remember her doing all of this ordering of these chicken wings and remember now it's being picked up. So they remembered her well, how could you not remember her who's ordering 11,000 pounds of, or, or cases of chicken wings? So they picked her up and locked her up with $150,000 bond. And they said she never told. <laughs> she never told what happened to the chicken wings. And... They still do, they're still doing whatever investigating, um, at least at the time of this article. And they said that this particular district has 1,600 children in the district, and 80% of the children are classified as low-income students. So they're really snagging her because they're like, yo, you stole all this chicken, all this food, all this money from the children. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I got one quick one to talk about. And you have this father and son who were busted for $40,000 worth of chicken wings out in Syracuse. And... <laughs> 56-year-old father, 33-year-old son, were cooks at a restaurant called Twin Trees 2. And between February and November of, the, of this, this, these two particular years, they were accused of placing orders with the restaurant's wholesaler for chicken wings totaling around $41,000. And they would pick up the chicken wings, and are y'all ready for this? They would they would resell the product on the street. Who's buying chicken wings from somebody on the street? 
Oh, gosh. Well, listen, it had to work because they wouldn't have sold it all if they didn't think they could get, they could do it. Okay? So both men ended up being charged with grand larceny and falsifying business records. But they also bring up that an Austin man stole numerous briskets from grocery stores and was reselling them to restaurants. So immediately, my, I got a headache because I'm like, oh, my gosh, are we eating food in these from these restaurants where somebody has sold you stuff? They also say there was another case of a chicken wing heist from a Chinese security guard who stole more than 1,000 eggs from his place of business for his personal consumption. So, I mean, I, I just had to, I, I just had to tell you. Today, we had to talk about that because, you know, this is just a bit much. This is just a bit much. Where's my due time crew? Really quickly, we don't have a lot of time. Let's talk to our girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Monday, Monday morning. Good morning and happy Monday to you. Good morning and happy Monday to you. Oh, my goodness. Now, I need to know what story you want to talk about because, man, these stories are a doozy this morning about this food. They they are they are indeed you know <laughs> they and it's funny because they they even have it, it's so much of a problem until you even have television shows and movies that depict people you know their desperation or you know some portion of their brain being twisted that you know if you don't have if you don't have my tea you don't have my biscuits you don't have my whatever whizzy cream. You know, I'm just going to go in there and either attack you, attack the store, you know, mess with the trash can, dump all the trash. These people are just like loony. If you don't have the tea, okay, fine. Can we go back the next day and get it? If they don't, you know, it's just the mentality of people is just unbelievable. The the lengths that they will go through and the distance. It really shows you how much people are really unstable. Absolutely, absolutely. Which one of these got to you the most? I, I'm going to say, so they don't have your biscuits, and you de- <laughs> you decide to your, ram your car into the building. What is wrong with you, lady? Can you not, you know, go someplace else maybe? You know, like they do have more than one restaurant in, in certain places. If I go to this one and they don't have it or I didn't get it, is it that much? Hey, you could buy another one. Really? That much that you rammed your car into this place? Yes. But again, the as you read the article, the the manager said that it wasn't about the biscuit because at one point when she came back initially to complain about the fact that the biscuit was missing, they gave her the biscuit. So they couldn't understand why she threatened to drive the car into the, you know, into the uh, uh, building 
because at the end of the day, you know, you had what you wanted. You got, we fixed our wrong. What was your problem? People are just really honestly unglued, and it doesn't really take much for somebody to snap in some instances, you know. Um, and, and restaurants are the ones that get it, you know. I, I'm, I'm glad that I arrived past that stage. I remember getting into a serious argument with this lady who was 15 cents short, and she kept counting the change. I know how to count change, lady. I, I know how to count. I know how to add. And she kept taking the dime. She would start off with the dime and the nickel and then go back to that same dime and nickel. And I kept saying, lady, you're 15 cents short. And she threw a potted plant at me. So (laughs) (laughs) she threw the potted plant. It was sitting on the table. She took it and threw it at me. And the funny thing about it is I still gave you the thing because I took the 15 cents out of my pocket. I'm not 15 cents short. And I was like, and she picked up the plant and she threw it at me. And it just goes to show you, it doesn't matter. People are really, really unstable. And it doesn't take that much to stroke that for them to lose it. Wow, 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 wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy. Oh, my goodness. We we have a short a short day today because we have a guest on. Uh, but I'll allow you to grab one more story that stuck out to you today in the crazy food story? Well, um, at one point I did live in Georgia. And so this, this given the secret from Coca-Cola to Pepsi, everybody who's ever been a resident of Georgia, that's one of the things that you automatically know not to do, you know, and you decide it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that the resident that helped her was from New York because I'm just going to be honest, the majority of Georgians are New Yorkers. That's, <laughs> yes, yes, I don't yes. know why they that is, but it is. Borough. It really is. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have left New York to go to go down to Georgia, and because it's been so prevalent, they call Georgia the sixth borough. So I believe you. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 you know, when I read... When I read this espionage, this industrial espionage story, and I was like, wow, okay, so they they got somebody who really did try to do this. And when I saw that the accomplice was from the Bronx, I was like, okay, mistake number one was getting somebody. I mean, you mean to tell me you can get nobody else, nobody else at your executive level to do this thing here? Really? Really? Okay, don't, you know what, don't, uh, you, you could have done a little but better than who that. really, who really works their way to the top to get to this point? That's the thing that gets right. me. Like, you, you don't just, you don't just get the job. Like, you work achievably, you arrive after a certain period of time, you get there, and this is what you do once you get there. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yes. And, and that's what I was thinking about myself. I'm like, that's why I kept bringing up the fact that this was one of the top executives. They said that only the top executives get to have this information, and you can understand why. You know, they're not going to give it to the person in the mailroom. You know, you know, you can get it. You know, so you, like you said, you work your way all the way here to fool around with somebody in the Bronx 
probably living in a tenement building, to to lose your job and go to jail? Stupid, 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 stupid. But you hang on, because I got Pastor Charlotte, so it's going to be three of us talking this morning uh, so we can figure out, you know, what else to talk about in these crazies. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, good morning. How is everyone today? Oh, all right, thank you, all right, thank you. Listen, should we call you the modern-day hamburglar? Because I think somebody just stole, you know, <laughs> your your particular title here. And it was so funny when you was talking about it. I wanted to text it. No, it's not me, Brother Al. It is not me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my goodness, Pastor Charlotte. Which which story got to, you know, really made you really go, really? Did you really just do that? Well, all of them was really crazy, but I'm going to stay with the burger because how... It had to be a worker, like you said, right. to turn to know how to turn the grill on. Right. So he got mad, but he, he must really like their burgers. So he decided that he was going to fix him a burger before he take the safe. So he knew where the safe was yep. at, yep. evidently. Yep. So it made me say, oh, yeah, he do work there. And then why would you come back when you know that the people are going to know who you are? Uh, so what was you really mad at? Because maybe they held your check back? They fired you? Yeah, so you this, this just to take the whole <laughs> Yeah, this was dumb, Pastor Charlotte. And I, I agree with you. I do believe that this, is, this was something that um, this was somebody who had worked there because – how would you feel so comfortable making, spending the time to make the burger? Because generally, you would you would have to take the time to find out where the safe was. That's the time you're spending mm-hmm. in the store. You're spending, okay, well, let me find out where the safe is, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you that took time to cross your legs, make a burger, because you knew where the safe was. That was not going to take you no time to find out where the where the um, where the safe was. So you really, really, really took the time to stand in front of the security footage. These people are the security camera, so they can get footage on you. Really, Pastor Charlotte, are you really that hungry? They really that hungry? <laughs> I think it was more out of sight. I think it was more out of spite. I think it was more out of I'm 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 just gonna be that egotistical to figure you know I'm gonna show you what I could do. You ain't all that hungry, Pastor Charlotte, because remember now this is the second time he's done this, so he's already gotten a safe, he's already made a burger in another store, so you got five dollars to go buy a burger. You don't need the Wendy's burger. Listen, why am I going to spend money when I don't have to? You know what? I'm not messing with you. I'm not messing with you. (laughs) I'm not messing with you. This is not about no saving a 
how much the the, the, the Wendy's burger gonna cost you? Five dollars. You got five dollars from the other safe. If it's a safe, you gonna have a couple thousand. I mean, it may not have no no fifteen thousand dollars up in it, but you gonna have a couple of dollars. You don't need the burger, and you gonna go make the burger. This is about spite. This is about spite. I don't I don't think so, Pastor Charlie. You ain't saving no money. But listen, if you can get away with it, people going to do it. If I don't have to spend the money, why should I? You got to think like the criminal now. <laughs> why should I? <laughs> Wait, Pastor Charlotte. Wait, Tamika. <laughs> Pastor Charlotte <laughs> She said, well, we got to think like the criminal now. Is that a criminal mind going on over there? Oh, <laughs> my, 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 my. <laughs> It could be. That, that's kind of oh, a stretch. My. You know, like, to that degree, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to cook my own burger because, you know, I like the such and such. I, I like the extra season in, you know, a certain kind of way, and they don't really do it that way. So I'm going to cook my own burger and get to the safe. You know, now, I have worked in many restaurants, and I can't even fathom how to turn the grill on where the safe is. Why? Because that's not my mentality. But guess if your mentality is that twisted, then that's what you're doing. You know, again, you would have to have been there a period of time to know where the safe is, to know how to turn the grill on. You got to be paying Mm -hmm. attention. I've worked at plenty of restaurants and I still can't tell you how to turn the grill on. Why? Because it's not important to me. So I guess if if you can get it for free, as crazy as that may it may seem, with a criminal mind in mind, then I guess you can do it. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm going to say. Think like the criminals. Think like the criminals. Okay, I got a question for the both of you ladies. Now, they have this, this father and son who they have stolen $41,000 worth of chicken wings. And they are actually selling the chicken wings on the street. Oh, Pastor Charlotte, you up in the great city of Harlem. Are you buying chicken wings from somebody on the street? Now, let me tell you, right up here, especially during the pandemic time, people was putting their grills outside. They had was selling food outside, and people was making a line to get it. So it is oh. possible because we was up here, and that's what people do. They were trying to find a way to get some money, and some of them grills are still out there. Yes. So it is possible because they do it. Come on up here. You'll see them. <laughs> wow, I'm done. I'm not buying no chicken wings off of somebody in the street. Oh, and, and also, also, Steph, they will pop their trunk, and they were selling food out of their trunk. Wow. Yes. In Harlem. Wow. All right, is that going down in Brooklyn too, Tamika? Yup. <laughs> you got no. the man, you know. He don't. He don't even have a label, you know. And and dependent, 
you know, sometimes you can find him in a shopping cart. You know, he's drive, walking down the street with a shopping cart. You want such and such? Mm-hmm. I got such and such. I got such and such in my no. car. And I'm like, yes. You know, and even in certain areas in Brooklyn, there they have like the 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 uh, what do you call it? The grill. Yeah, that like she said, the grill. They have a grill station. You don't have a store. You just, you know, have a grill that's on the corner, and people literally will buy it. I'm not doing that. You, you, no, you, you got to have a name. You can, can have a storefront, something with a label on it, you know, and people buy it, you know. And, and I have heard of people that, you, you know, uh, if you get in contact with such and such, she'll get you in contact with such and such, and you can get discount meat. No, I don't even know where the meat is coming from. I don't even know if, if it's actually meat or if it's, you know, something else that they replaced it with. No, you got, I can't trust it. But, you know, people have a tendency, if, if, it's a, if it's for a deal, oh, I'll take it. You know, it fell off the truck, oh, I'll take it. You don't even know. You, don't, you, you can't value what a person says, but they do because it's a discount. You know, <sighs> when I read, for you. what? I'm sorry. How many times? Look at it this way. How many times have you went to a street fair? Like we have Harlem Week, right up here. Right. So when you have Harlem, right, they shut down all the streets. All the vendors is out there, and a lot of them they have. There's a few of them that don't have not even a sign with, a like, a name, and they're cooking. And how many people have walked through there and eat their food? Mm-hmm. Think of it that way. Same thing. Well, you take a so I And I've, see, I've seen that. I, they even had that out here on Jamaica Avenue, on, on, the, on the Coliseum. We call it the Coliseum block, um, where, you know, since the pandemic, there's a guy out there, with his grill, and I have to tell you, it smells good. It smells good because, you know, you, it's barbecue food always smells good. But when you look at it, like 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 both of you have said, you know, there's no sign, there's no nothing, you ain't got no water. <laughs> Shantice is like, and he's dirty. <laughs> but when you look, there's no, there's no water. At least when you have the little food truck, they they have like the little water thing on the food truck. But they, it's <laughs> Shantice is texting me like crazy, and he doesn't wear gloves. Did, did, man, this when you look over, <laughs> and she no, but this is funny because. <laughs> She had me dying one time. She came home and she was hollering. Ma, the, 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 the guy, and I said, I've seen him out there next to the man with the with the car tray that has the weed on it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So the two of them are out there. They side by side. You selling weed. You selling food. You have no gloves. You have no water. And Shanti said he was smoking a cigarette. <laughs> oh God, I can't. Oh, she said, and he didn't have a shirt on <laughs> while he was cooking. <laughs> 
Well, you buy the weed, you get the munchies, you don't care, and he's just hot. So. <laughs> oh, God. I can't. She said he'd be smoking weed. <laughs> you just said it past the Charlotte. Yes. This is what this is. This is what they do. And you, like you said, when you think about the street fair, you know, the people, I'm, you know, she always gets on me because she can't stand when I go to, to the halal truck. <laughs> I go to the halal truck. And she gets so mad. Oh, she gets so mad at me. Stop buying the food off the halal truck. I'm like, listen, I'm just going to pray over my food. It's already blessed. It's so <laughs> It's so loud. That's what that means. That means that the food is blessed. I'm just going to put an extra blessing because I need my falafel. That's all I know. But yeah. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. When 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 I read this article and they said they were so no, but okay, ladies, when they said that the man had been he went to jail for stealing the brisket from the stores and was selling it to the restaurants. So now you got the restaurateur buying from the the the, the, the booster. Oh my gosh. Nothing is safe, y'all. Nothing is safe. Nothing is safe. Nothing I told you safe. he's the meat man. See? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my God, nothing is safe, y'all. Oh my God, nothing is safe. You're eating from the restaurant who bought from the man on the street. Who does that? Oh my gosh, they would have so many, so many fines if they knew that they were doing this. This is disgusting. Oh my God. It's disgusting. Uh, you know what? It might be Pastor Charlotte. You might be right. They got the hookup. They got the hookup. Okay, remind me not to eat brisket from the restaurant in Texas. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. But okay, so now you have the lady. I want to talk about the lady who stole all the 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 the, the eleven thousand cases of chicken. Did you realize that they don't give ch- chicken? They don't give chicken wings to children in school because of the bones. I didn't realize that. Did you know yeah. that, um, um, Tamika? Honestly, I never paid. I never gave it a thought. You know, um, it just didn't occur to me. And how long had she been doing this before they realized uh, children can't eat chicken wings? So yeah. I'm trying to figure out, did she furnish all of the state, all of the restaurants nearby, you know, to, to make sure that she was covered? But, you know, how long did it take them to re- wait a minute, there's chicken wings in this order, and, and our children can't eat chicken wings. That's, that's, yeah. that's just, you know, how long did it take her? Yeah, I, I was really, I was really, really, really surprised when I read that that piece there with, you know, the fact that she had gotten all of this chicken and f- through the school. But my thing is, then why did they even sell it to her? 
because they clearly knew from they said the the food provider. So she's go. So they had never ordered chicken wings before. So why would you even sell the chicken wings? So maybe that this was a, a, a joint effort. Now this is where I'm going with Pastor Charlene, and I'm saying that this was a joint effort. Pastor Charlene, did you realize that they don't feed children chicken wings in school because of the bones? I didn't know it was because of the bones, but I always knew that they did the chicken nuggets. And, I, you know, I didn't never know why they didn't never give them, you know, chicken. But I, I think it was a setup, too, because somebody had to order it. Right? right. Somebody has to put it on order. So the person that's putting it on order and the person that took them, they worked together. So they had a right. little chicken uh, sting. Yeah, because, okay, mm-hmm. so you're saying that, now she's the one placing the order. She's the, they're, they're saying that this chicken was picked up consistently in a cargo van. So my thing is, if she's using the same provider, I was trying to look and see how they said 11,000 cases of chicken wings, and they said it was three $300,000 that was missing from the budget. From the food budget. So you order from the same provider, the same provider who has always done your, they didn't say she changed the providers. They said the same provider who had always been um, servicing the school district. They know that they didn't give them um, those children chicken wings. So all of a sudden now she's ordering not only chicken wings, but 11,000 cases, somebody on the inside of that food service, on that mm-hmm. other end, they were a part of that. You ain't going to tell me that they weren't. Nah. Right. Nah. Right. And they paying sudden, them off. You, what'd you say? Oh, they paying them off. Right. They yeah. are part of. They paid them off. Yeah. $300,000. In $11,000, I'm sorry, 11,000 cases of chicken wings, somebody is on the opposite side and they are racking up. Oh, they're having a good time over there. They're having a good time. They're having a good time. You know, how often, and I'm going to shift gears here a little bit, um, we have like a couple of minutes, I guess, before uh, we get our phone call. You know, how many times have we gotten, uh, you know, the hookup and we pretend like, you know, we don't know it's wrong? We're on one side of this hookup and, and we don't know it's wrong, Tamika, you know, as Christian people as Christian people, you know, we do all kind of twisted things and, and, you know, after a while, you know, it, it like clicks, you know, I don't, I don't know. Does that ever come to your mind? I think at some point in, in the brain, you kind of just dismiss the fact that it's incorrect or that it's wrong. You know, somewhere in there, you know, you become, you get that mentality of this is a big thing, but I'm just doing this little thing, you know, that this, this can't really hurt anybody, that type of thing. I, I honestly think that you you categorize issues, you know, and that's why you get away with this, but, oh, don't do that, you know, but 
wrong is wrong all the way around. Absolutely, absolutely. Pastor Charlene, you know, um, I'm sure as a pastor, you know, you've had those confessions. <laughs> you know, uh, people come to you and they'll tell you they did something and you're just standing there looking at them like, really? <laughs> you don't see nothing wrong with that? How many times oh, does that happen? Oh, oh, so many. Um, and where they try to sugarcoat and make it right to make you say, um, but, you know, I really didn't have it, so I needed to do this, or I needed to, you know, go there. And you'd be like, but you know that you was wrong. I mean, I understand it, but at the time, you know, Pastor, you're not really understanding that, you know, I just really needed to. So you're trying to make me think that you're right. When I'm telling you that you're wrong, you know, and so yeah, you, it's a lot with that as well. And then, you know, I actually thought of not somebody else. I thought of myself because, you know, I was able to get that uh, half a, see, I tell on myself, that half a ride. And I had a, a friend. See, I'm, just, I'm, I'm coming clean today. So I had a friend, but he's deceased <laughs> now. So he had gave me uh, a card. And he said, you know, you don't have to actually pay $2.75. You could pay $1.30. So I took the card and I started getting convicted because I was doing it. And I said, okay, you know, I really can go to the doctors and get one for myself. So that's where I had to start to really put my mind to go get your own card because that is a lie, right? And that is a way with that you thinking because your money is short. So if I don't have to pay two seventy five and I could pay a dollar thirty five, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, oh, tell me the, the confessions of the pastor today. <laughs> uh, no, but you, you you know what? You're right. You're right. You know, um, I I do know what you're talking about. Um, not because I did it, because I do have my own card. But you're right, you know, sometimes people will, will give you something, and for a quick minute, you'll think about the hookup, you know. Oh, I, I can do this. And thank God for the conviction. Thank God for the conviction, because now you can, you know, come clean and, you know, fix that thing and go before the Lord and ask for forgiveness. And, you know, we're talking to somebody today. Somebody's doing something today that they were not supposed to be doing. This conversation did not come up for nothing. Um, but thank you so much, ladies. Thank you for your confession, Pastor um, Charlene. You didn't bless somebody here today. Somebody's going to, you know, <laughs> somebody's going to. I just want to say this. It ain't right, right? It's not right. And I... I told because of the fact, just like you said, it helped somebody else. But when you look at something small as that, you know, you will just not really make it, think it is a big thing. But it is a big thing to God, though. It really is. And it's something that, you know, we have to be able to notice, even in that little bit, how we take those rubber bands from the job or those pens. You know, it, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the job. You know, so little things like that. So that's what made me think of that too as well. so I thank you thank you no thank you thank you so much like I said you know we underestimate confession 
you know, and last night I was saying that on the prayer line, you know, listen, don't be afraid to speak up because we're all jacked up in some shape, form, or fashion. We all got something mm-hmm. going on. And and that that conversation right there may have seemed like it was nothing, but it, it jolted somebody. Somebody is going to hear that, and they're going to realize that, you know what, I need to fix that thing. So thank you so much, um, um, Pastor Charlotte and uh, Lady Tamika, um, for just, you know, going down that line and that lane with us today. You have a blessed day, Pastor Charlotte. Y'all do the same. Thank you, thank you. So, you know, uh, God has, you know, uh, revised. He's revised. You know, when we first started uh, a Close Walk Christian talk show on the broadcast, on the live broadcast, we would, I was talking to the ladies. To, all you had to do was be a Christian wife. And we had a, you know, prayer for my husband, impactful prayer for him, prayer for my husband, and the ladies would fill in the blank, and they would choose a topic that was close to them, that they really felt that they could talk about. And God has decided to, you know, bring that back. So we're going to be infusing this segment uh, every so often. And I have a young lady on with us this morning, and I've known her for quite so many years. And she just told me the other day, you know, that I met her when she was 16, and she is a mother of two. She is now a pastor along with her husband in Brooklyn. And I am so, so proud of her because she has accomplished so much in her little life. And she's a really strong and powerful young lady. And it was my pleasure to be able to even approach her and ask her to be a part of um, this segment. And without further delay, let's say good morning to our Pastor Terry Adolfo. Good morning, Pastor Terry. <laughs> good morning, Pastor Stephanie. How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm well. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you were doing your prayer this morning and you know, I, I give God thanks that you were able to come on and be with us for a little while. And uh, why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself before we begin our conversation this morning? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, first off, thank you. I'm honored. Um, I'm honored to even be considered. And, you know, I love everything that you do. As you said, yes, I did meet you at the age of 16. And I'm about to turn 40, and I've been following you oh, wow. <laughs> ever since. You, yeah, <laughs> I've been following you ever since. Uh, I am a, a an actress. That's where I met Pastor Steph. She gave me a chance in some of her awesome plays. Um, I am a Christian filmmaker, a Christian actress, a writer, um, international gospel recording artist, mother, fashion designer, a whole bunch of other stuff that I don't really like to talk about myself. I usually like to just say I am a humble servant of the Lord. Amen. My husband and I just opened up a ministry in Brooklyn, New York, as he stated five months ago, and that is where all of the focus has gone to uh, the Arts Church located in Brownsville, part of Brooklyn. All right, all right, all right. And, um, boy, and she can sing. Oh, she sings well. 
things well. So it, it, it was really <laughs> my my pleasure, my honor to be able to even receive a yes from you this morning. And yeah. you know, the, the again, the te- the phrase is praying for my husbands. And which topic did you choose? I chose mine. Now, what made praying you choose my praying for my husband's mind. mind? So all of the choices that you gave were applicable, obviously. <laughs> but um, as I said before, being new to the ministry, um, I chose that topic because I'm a PK. So I'm, I even though I'm new to church planting, I'm not new to the behind the scenes of of church work. And I feel like people oftentimes they look at it and they look at like the T.D. Jakes, you know, or the Joe Osteen's and they're just like, oh, this is glamorous. People follow you. You know, they, they love you. They listen to everything you say. They never leave you. They're dedicated. You know, they look at all the glitz and the glam. And me, you know, growing up in the first family, I'm like, that is false. <laughs> that is not what's really happening. You know, it's actually full of a lot of disappointment. It's full of anxiety. It's full of confusion. It's full of, you know, being frustrated at people and people coming and going. You know, like, I know that side of it. So being new to ministry, um, I know who my husband is in terms of how big his heart is. And the first thing that I told him, um, the first thing that I told him when we gave God our yes, that's a whole other story in itself. I was like, people are going to come and, you, and and they're going to be very sweet to you, you know, and you're, you're such a giving person. You will give them the shirt off your back and they would walk out the church and never come back and talk about you. You know, like I was like, let me tell you the real stuff about ministry. Now that there's the good stuff, you know about the good stuff, the transforming lives and, you know, mentorship and following God's will, of course. But for me, just knowing how big my husband's heart is and knowing how frustrating this could be I chose that topic the suicide and depression rate um, rates among um, pastors are alarming mm-hmm. it's very alarming you know Absolutely. because of everything that goes on and oftentimes pastors don't really have a group of people that they can call on but everybody's calling on them so where do you go for your release? When do you? When can you actually take a vacation? When can you take a mental day for yourself? You know, and then that balance between ministry and then I still have to be a husband to my wife. I still have to be a father to my children. My children didn't ask to be BK. So there has to be a balance between birthdays and quality time and then church retreats and everything to do with the church. So that's the long answer to why I chose that. <laughs> Topic okay. Well, you made a you made a lot of good, <laughs> a lot of good points. Um, one of the things I when you talk about your husband's mind, what was the the before and after? So you, how long have you been married? Um, in July it will be ten years. Woo! So mm-hmm. you. Been, Oh my goodness, you're really making me feel old now. <laughs> so you have. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Pastor Terry. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, so you've been married for 10 years. So you knew mm-hmm. that husband for 10 years. You had a dating mm-hmm. period. And now mm-hmm. you had 
transition into pastorhood. So how did you see the mind shift, even as a husband, from being just a normal, everyday husband, working, um, loving husband, devoted husband, dedicated husband, to now this husband, his mind shift, because now he has other lives that he Uh has to pay attention to. How did that shift even his mind shift, even in being a husband? Well, even in that, it becomes, um, are you going to try to do go out on a date? <laughs> wow. Your whole mind. And because one thing that I want to, you know, just reiterate is we we take the ministry very seriously. And we take what ministry is very seriously. So with the people that God has sent to us, we believe that we they have been sent to us for a reason. So and we are their spiritual covering. So it's not for him, it's not just praying for myself and my family anymore. Now it's praying for myself, my family and how every however many members that God has given to us. You know, and we have to check in. We have to make sure <laughs> that they're okay. So now it's the time being balanced. And not just the time, but my brain has now got to think about other people. Now, of course, he does a great job at family is your first ministry. You right. know, that that is definitely true. However, on top of that, there's still other people that you now have to think about. You now have to care about. You now have to pray for. You now have to make sure that they're, they're okay. You got to pick up their calls. If they're calling in the middle of the night crying, that's on you. You're the pastor. So it went from just the four of us to, you know, 25 (laughs) right now. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. How has that seemed to affect him and his his, his mentality? Yeah. Um, Well, I think that it has made him... I think it's made him more aware of a lot of things. You know, because mm-hmm. it's like I said, I grew up in this. I knew it. You know, and you can only if you're not if you weren't born in this thing or you you weren't in it. You can only speculate. So I right. think for him in the mind shift, it's just brought um, a sense of awareness and then a sense of I say the word maturity for lack of a better word. It's not not in that he had childlike behaviors before, but just growing maturity spiritually into another role is what I'm saying. Okay, okay, okay. Now, what kind of work did he do or does he do? Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, pastors are, are on double duty in a regular secular job and ministry. What what kind of work does he do? He is um, still, he's a full-time entrepreneur. He's a filmmaker as well as a leather craftsman. So he has his own uh, leather company and production company. Wow, wow, wow. And what's the what's the mentality shift even in that? Because, you know, a lot of times when you when you're out here working and you're just working, you know, as, right. as a Christian person, you know, you're you're working, you're in that grind. And now as you're a pastor, that shifts. That shifts because now everything you're pastoring, you're pastoring as you're cutting the leather, you're pastoring as you're yep. sewing. 
Pastor and as you're, you know, you're behind that camera and you're a filmmaker. How have you seen the transition even in the mentality in his regular secular work? Just trying to find the balance. And that's why I'm here to pray for his mind. Trying, because it can be, it's overwhelming. It's yeah. overwhelming when you have five bag orders that have come in, but yet, you know, you have to put that time aside because, like I said, we take God's calling seriously and we take Jesus seriously. We take the ministry seriously. Like his prayer time, you know, our, our prayer time and our Bible reading time, we don't play with that. So that so what that means is now I've worked all day and I come home at 10 p.m. and now I'm up for four hours reading and praying. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I right. have to do it and then get up at uh, 6.30 to prep for 7 a.m. morning prayer because we have morning prayer every weekday morning. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and you see, like you said, that time that gets added on. You know, you it's almost like the mother yeah. who says good night, but she doesn't lay down when everyone else no. lays down. No. You know, and, and I remember your dad. I remember dad, and I remember dad being uh-huh. the pastor. And, you know, mm-hmm. again, like you said, you're a PK, and you watching Dad all these years, you know, growing mm-hmm. up into this, and now watching your husband, and yeah. how has that, you know, in the in, you, you made the comparison, but how has mm-hmm. that even watching my dad, and now I have to pray over my husband a certain way? Because, see, uh, normally what we would do is we would pray um, for our husbands, whatever, but because of mm-hmm. um, this particular time restraint and Shantice with the switch tip afterwards, we're not able to do that. So mm-hmm. I need you to kind of lock in the understanding yeah. of that prayer time that you have to have because that's, that's the whole Ooh. point us talking about praying for my husband, us being women who really have to pray for our husband. So now I've seen dad, I've grown up with dad, I've watched dad, I've watched mom, I've watched mom, and now mom is carrying the ministry that dad had, and now I got I have to watch and cover my husband in prayer in a certain manner. How do you tell the ladies? To pray for your husband's mind and why. Listen, Steph, you 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 covered so much, and this is one of the things that I'm going to stress um, at at the women's conference because we see this great mighty man of God, you know, and then sometimes um, we see the first ladies, and I I don't like being called first lady not because I'm into titles, but because of the connotation that it has. But the first ladies are just to sit pretty in the first row and just get served. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm a co-pastor. That's a whole other situation. But even if I were a first lady, I need you to put some respect on that first lady's name. Because Ooh, while ahead, the man of God is out here, <laughs> while the man of God is out here covering all these people and taking these calls and, and going in and praying, there's no one covering him but her. She's the mm-hmm. one. She's the one, and I, you know, the, the, the visual person in me, I just see, like, a man hovering over, like, hundreds of people, and she is hovering over him. It's just her and him. 
while trying to take care of the kids and stay healthy and be fit and do her own ministry. <laughs> right. And everything right, like that. Right. And you mentioned my mom. It's so crazy because I'm like, in some ways, I've morphed into her. I remember being in bed as a child just so annoyed because I am trying to sleep and I just hear the woman of God praying and worshiping and cleaning and washing dishes and I'm just like Ma, I'm just trying to sleep and my son is now the same Ma can you just go to sleep I actually can't because now that you all are sleeping it is then the house is quiet I'm a clean up and then I'm a sit and now I have my quiet time. I pray at night and then I wake up early in the morning and I pray again because that's the only time the house is quiet, you know, because it's like that extra time that we have to put in, not just for us, not just for our families, but for him. And if there should ever be a time where the man of God will waver or he falls or anything, it is us that will have to lift him up. We have to keep him lifted. And I'm talking from experience. Even before we became pastors, there was a season in time where my husband went off into another doctrine. Mm. And I, I say this publicly because it is a public thing. It's very known. He went off. I stood to my ground. And me and my children went to church by ourselves. And what did I do? I worshipped and I prayed and I wept and I fasted and I prayed and I wept and I worshipped and I prayed for years. Until he came back. Wow. So we can't even say, well, uh, my husband is this amazing pastor and he just covers me and I, we're just all okay. No. <laughs> There's a part Amen. that we have to play and it's so great. It's so great to keep this man of God lifted. Wow. And, uh, the first thing you mentioned is watching my father. And I, I, tell, I tell my father, I tell my husband, I'm like, I think you should do it this way. No, we're not going to do that. Because these people are not going to send you to an early grave. Like, I feel like they did my father. They're not. I was <laughs> talking to a friend. Hey, amen. She's also a therapist. I was like, I'm very harsh when it comes to certain things with behind the scenes because because I know it. I was like, I feel like I have PTSD, you know, and not to make fun of it at all or not to, to diminish it. She's like, no, you're right. You have PK PTSD. Like, you have been through this. Right. Some things have traumatized you, and I don't right. want it. it. There will not be a repeat of it. Amen. There will Amen. not be a repeat of it. So everything wow. we ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. So we can't. This is, this can't be a heart thing, you know, a mind thing. Rather, this has to be a Holy Spirit guide me thing. <laughs> oh, oh, you just said something, and we got like five minutes, Pastor Terry. And I want you to touch on that. I want you to touch on that really quickly. You, you, because again, we're talking about praying for the husband's mind, and yeah. it's mind over. Spirit sometimes, like you said, he was off into his own world, and you know you have to. You're watching this, and you're aching, and you're grieving, and 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 you're fighting this fight in prayer for his mind, because mm-hmm. now the mind has taken over the spirit of God, and the Bible tells us don't touch uh-huh. the spirit. And now his mind has right. talked to the ladies because they're battling, they're fighting, um, Pastor Ter, they're fighting and they're, they're, they're trying to fix, they're fighting him. 
They're fighting him. Mm-hmm. So talk mm-hmm. to the ladies and tell them how they need to just stand pr- for his mind. Drive that home for us as you close out. And I'm so mad we only had a few minutes with you because, girl, we got to bring you back. I'm we gotta sorry. Bring you, we got to bring you back. <laughs> no just problem. Drive that home no for the ladies for us, please, that you got to cover his mind because his spirit may be suppressed at times. And you've got to make sure you stay in prayer for that thing. Let's 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 start with one of my um, favorite scriptures of passage in Ephesians. This is for Ephesians six, I believe it's verse eleven. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against dark rulers of the, of the you know high powers of this world. So sometimes we we only think about it in the natural, but we have to remember that there is a whole spiritual world attached to these things and especially as pastors we are getting the group the attacks are greater on us than just the usher not to say that they're not important <laughs> but right 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 come right. along with this great dose of anointing and this great dose of everything that god has given us the attacks that come along with the calling are great and you can this is not something that you fight with your fist. At the end of the passage it says with prayer to pray to pray. I'm not I'm quoting it I'm paraphrasing. You know, it tells you stand therefore, it talks about putting on the whole armor of God and the last thing it says is to pray. If you do not have a prayer closet, that means that you are fighting against flesh and blood and this ain't even about flesh and blood and you will lose the battle. Because you don't have on the right garments and you're not doing the right things. You're not equipping yourself. You're not equipping yourself. So why they stay in your prayer closet, it is a consistent thing. It's not just when things are bad and God, I need you. No, no, no. Because things are not always bad. <laughs> Even when things are good, you stay in your prayer closet. It's like a um, like a spiritual spiritual gym, spiritual workout. You know, everybody goes to the gym when it's like, oh, my God, it's about to get um Summertime, let me get my body in shape, you know, and then some people by summertime, they're like, I give up. It's just too late. I'm just be fat, you know, because they haven't, because they haven't built up that, that resist, you need a spiritual resistance. So even in those times when things become a little rocky, you already have that foundation, that firm foundation of prayer that you have built, you know, and maybe I can't pray, you know, because of what's going on for a whole hour, but that five minutes. That five minutes can make the difference, and God will understand even the moaning and groanings of my heart because I have built up that consistent spiritual resistance. I've been in that spiritual gym. I've been working this muscle. So maybe, yeah, on on a day off, I'm still a little good because I built it up. But like I said, you cannot build it up unless you are there consistently. Amen. Oh, I'm so mad that we have to cut this short. But I've got a, I've got a remedy. I've got, I've got something coming behind this that we can hear this long, long, longer, longer, longer <laughs> blessing. Um, this bigger blessing that yes. you've got that God has given and placed in you for for not just you but for us as well. And and I'll talk to you about it. I'm gonna give you a call later. But thank you so much for carving out this this time for us this morning. And whoa, in that short amount of time, 
you have been such a blessing, and we pray for your ministry and pray for the conference. And I need you to tag me in your conference so that the listeners and 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 all our Facebookers can of of his due time can see what's coming up on March twenty fifth. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to have you back. And God gave it to me how we're going to get you back, and we don't have to worry about time constraints. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day, Pastor Terry. Thank you. You do the same. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Woo! Already. Oh, my goodness gracious. In that short amount of time, what a blessing um, she was. Uh, we have our switch tip that's right behind um, this, and we've um, we can't go without our switch tip. Good morning, Shatis. Good morning, Pastor Seth. How are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you. That's good. That's good. Uh, what you got for us this week? Okay, today I got the switch with Shantice where we make the switch from the street to our godly seat. And our switch tip 138 for this week is pray for yourself. Definition of pray is a committed request to God or an object of worship. And I thought of this switch tip, I believe, last week because I've noticed, again, I noticed this before in the past. I've noticed again, like, you know, I'll start out praying, especially in the morning, and I'll go through, you know, the regular daily prayer requests, and then, you know, I'll start to pray for myself, and it's kind of blogging, and then when I start to pray for someone else, the passion really kicks in, and I'm all excited, and I'm so targeted, and everything, and a lot of times, like, I'll stop, and I'm like, wow, that's intense. It's just two minutes ago when I was praying for me, that was kind of whack. And the last time I really noticed it and it happened, it was a bit concerning. It was like, okay, God, why is it that? And I understand you're putting it on other people's hearts to pray for me, and I appreciate it. At the same time, I'm me. Like, this is me. You know, as much as, as open as I am and as much as I talk to people, you know, I don't tell everybody every single thing because no one tells every single thing. But I do share a whole lot of my business and a whole lot of what I'm going through. And sometimes I really believe to be the Holy Spirit that has my mouth moving because after I, say, I share some of my business, sometimes I'm like, why did you say that? Okay. But, you know, there is, it was really concerning because it's like, is it that I don't care enough about myself to really pray as passionate for myself, you know, the prayers are not as targeted for myself, but the the second someone else comes into mind or another situation comes into mind, you know, my voice gets louder. You know, I, it feels like I'm I'm so much. I'm, it's, it's a lot more intense. It's a lot more intense. And like I said, it's happened in the past, but this this was these last few times it was a bit more concerning for me. So I really had to pull up the definition of praying again and. We have to commit ourselves to making that request, to petition, you know, to God, and, of course, to let him know how we feel about him. Um, And our deeds is so important that a lot of times we also have to say it through our words. But effective prayer, successful in producing a desired or intended result. So we pray to God knowing that we're going to get some type of result, and that's why we have to make sure that when we go to God, our hearts are humble 
And I know, I know a lot of times before I can go to God about an actual prayer, first I got to pray for my humility. I have to pray for my mindset. I have to pray for my heart because I'm like, God, I can't make these requests to you feeling like this. So a lot of times I have to have a preliminary prayer before I get to the actual prayer. And I believe that he appreciates that because I understand that when we pray to God, we're now asking him to react. We're not asking him to go and do something on our behalf or whoever we're praying for. But today we're talking about praying for ourselves. So Matthew 7, 7 through 8, New Living Translation, Jesus said, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Why am I not doing that for myself, God? Because I know what I need. I know what I believe I need. I know what I feel like I need, but you saying you don't need that at all. You don't need that right now. But yet I don't know how I expect God to really work on my behalf or when he puts it on other people's hearts to pray for me. And they're serious about that prayer. Like my mother's a pastor. She'd be serious about the prayers for me. But then I'm not serious about the prayers for myself. And I'm not asking him what he could be very well putting on my heart to ask him for so that I can now receive it. The things, the answers. Oh, my gosh, there's this answer that I've been looking for. And I'm like, yo, God, I don't think you hear me. What's going on? But after reading this verse, <laughs> these verses, I'm sorry, I have to really sit and ask myself, ask God, have I really been asking those? So I'm going to have to ask him that again after we hang up from this. Romans 8, 26 through 27, New Living Translation, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So that just kind of backs up what I just said. Remembering that it's important for us to tap into the Holy Spirit. When we pray for anyone or anything, especially when we're praying for ourselves, we cannot try to pray for ourselves on our own. Because, again, we twist it. Now I'm twisted. There's a lot of things that I'd be reaching for and asking for that God could be saying not right now. But if I get, again, that, hum- that humble heart, you go and sometimes just sitting there. Last night I was praying and there were a few times I was just sitting here and the Holy Spirit is moving and now oh i need to touch on this oh i didn't bring this back up to you guys remember that switch to keep that thing before him i may have prayed about this a year ago and thinking i have conquered it but i still may may need to keep this thing before you allow the holy spirit to assist you that's what he's here for first john 5 14 through 15 message version reads and how bold and free we then become in his presence Freely asking according to his will, sure that he's listening. And if we're confident that he's listening, we know that we've asked for, I'm sorry, we know that what we've asked for is as good as ours. He wants us to come. This is how we, this is how God shows himself, okay? He puts it on our hearts to come to him. He's saying, come to me. We go to him. We're honest. Even when we sound crazy, we're honest. And he now answers. That proves that he's listening. That proves everything that he said in the previous verses. So we have to make sure we're making the conscious decision and making the switch for being so compelled and into praying for other people, places, and things. But now when it comes to praying for ourselves, we're all fearful and scared and stop. 
make sure you're praying for yourself, making sure that you're asking so that you can receive, seeking so that you can find, allowing the Holy Spirit to petition for you as well, and making sure that we're being bold and free, understanding that God is listening to every single one of our prayers so that he can move on our behalf. Thank you, Pastor Steph. Ah, thank you, Shantice. What's the switch tip again? Pray for yourself. Oh, amen. Thank you so much. Have a blessed one. Good one. You too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, we're loaded this morning. You know, started off with some idle chitter-chat, and it ended up being powerful at the end. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the course of conversation here today. And before I go any further, let me get this benediction. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Revelation seven twelve, And that's what I want to say again. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might. Be to our God forever and ever. We, you know, we started off with idle, uh, with idle chitter-chat. Then we went to the confession. And then from the confession, we went to, whoa, in that short amount of time this morning, you know, just from, like, again, our idle chit-chat to our, you know, confession to our praying for my husband's mind to our pray for yourself. God is really, really coming through this morning, and there's no way we can't shake the Monday morning blues after that. You know what I'm saying? You know, you really got to refocus. And, you know, last night's prayer, again, distractions in our life. You know, I said last night something that Pastor Terry just got finished saying, and, you know, I said, you know, sometimes you can articulate things and sometimes things, just even in prayer, just don't come out the way you want it to come out, you know. So you have all these prayer requests where people are just pouring, 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 and you got somebody else on the opposite side who's struggling and who's going through something who's like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to say it. I know I need prayer. I know I'm going through this thing. I know that, you know, I'm struggling with this thing, but I don't even know what to say to God. And I said last night, and Pastor Terry just said it, just that moaning and that groaning that goes on in your heart, in your mind. And, you know, you, that's what you have to give to God. And, you know, I, I'm 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 just in awe of God, who in that 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 little amount of time that Pastor Terry had to speak to us this morning, how she just addressed so many things, so many things that I've had conversation about very recently. And not only did I have conversation, you know, um, about things on my end, but conversations from someone else's end, and. You know, just listening to just, you know, a lot of times I remember people used to say to me when I used to ask them back then, did you listen to the broadcast? And I'm like, oh, it's the ladies talking. And, you know, I don't have a husband. Some of the men would say, you know, I don't have a, a, a wife. You know, I don't have a husband. You know, don't pray for the husbands. And if you kind of go between and underneath 
the 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 points that are made have very little to do with just praying for your husband. You know, last night I I said, you know, God revealed to me and showed me someone who has been really struggling. And God said that that person has been really trying, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it at all. It appears as though they're just not trying at all. But in actuality, they're really trying, Stephanie. And, you know, I, I said that last night about how, you know, you know, are you looking, uh, when you think about yourself, you know, are you really trying or are you just messing around? But there are people who are really trying and really struggling with getting this thing right. And, again, it's not about the battle of, of flesh and blood. It's about the battle, you know, with powers and principalities. And I was telling the congregation when we were driving to um, North Carolina, and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't stay awake. I was like, I'm not tired. And I was even talking on the phone. And even talking on the phone, I was literally going to sleep driving. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, I kept stopping trying to, you know, get a recharge and, and things like that. And after a while, the Lord, you know, the spirit of the Lord revealed to me, he said, there's a war going on over you. He said, the enemy is lulling you to sleep. But just as you're about to go to sleep, the Lord is stepping in and he's waking you up. And I was like, why? Why? And it's just about destruction. What better way to kill off Stephanie and Shanties? But to get us into, for, for some, one of us to fall behind the wheel of the car driving, and now we're killed in a car accident. Because at one point I woke up, we were sliding, it was a two-lane highway, and we were sliding into the left lane. And I'm like, but how am I going to sleep? It doesn't make sense. Why I'm not tired. Why am I sleeping? Why am I literally talking to someone on the phone and I'm going to sleep? So we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. There are wars going on around us all the time for our life. Pastor Kim used to always talk about the fact that we um, are in our last and evil days. And how the enemy always comes to kill, only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And it, it was about my destruction. What better way to kill off the ministry that's not only in Stephanie, but the ministry that's in Shantice? What better way to kill off the ministry that's not only in the two of us, but the ministry that's in the, the due time crew, the ministry that's in my congregation that God gave me, the ministry that's in my family, the ministry that's in my granddaughter? What better way to kill that ministry than to kill off Pastor Stephanie? And I was like, wow. I didn't realize it was that real. So we got to wake up. We have to pray for ourselves, pray for our mind, and, and, and just, just submit and give it to the Lord. You won't go wrong. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above 
not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my new time crew and our Pastor Terry Adolfo for being such a blessing to us today, talking to us about praying for my husband's mind. Oh, thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to to just dedicate yourself to God, just that extra ounce, and, and, and just strengthen that relationship with him because later is not promised to us. Until tomorrow, God spares. Where it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Until then, God spare our life. I love you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.